What's up, y'all, and welcome to the first episode of the podcast in the year 2020. Today is January 2nd. It's a Thursday, right before the NFL playoffs get started. What a great year 2019 was. Had so much fun recording 34 total episodes. I Before we get into the action today, I just want to say thank you to everyone who listened to the podcast in the year 2019, subscribed, left a five-star rating and review on iTunes, does a lot of good for the podcast. Thank you to everyone for purchasing stickers. We'll talk more about that in a second. And thank you to everyone for telling your friends about the podcast. It means a lot. I also want to recognize a couple of people here. First, if we're giving out an award for the best podcast performance 2020 or 2019 from a guest, it has to go to no other than Leslie Nice who is a former Survivor contestant. She had the most downloaded episode by a mile in the year 2019. She was an awesome guest. She got the best performance of the year. But if I'm going to go with a podcast MVP, someone that I could just rely on for eight episodes all year round and just give me a steady 25 points every single night, it's got to be Jordan Morandini. And he joins me right now on the line. We're going to talk some NFL. How are you doing today, Jordan? <laughs> Jack, the best of ability is availability. <laughs> Thank you very much for having me on. And uh, yeah, last year was a ton of fun. I'm excited to be the uh, the first guest on the Jack Vita show here in 2020. Yeah. So basically, Leslie put up like 50 and 10 rebounds and dished out like 12 assists. <laughs> and you were like a steady 25, 7 and 5 uh, every single every single night I could count on you. I'll take a 27, 7 and 5. That's a that's a Hall of Fame career right there. <laughs> I just got to keep that going for a couple more seasons. And I'll put myself in a really good spot. <laughs> well, Jordan, you started off the podcast year with me last year. So it only makes sense for us to ring in the new year together this year. First of all, before we get to the content today, how are your holidays? You have a good Christmas, good New Year's? Yeah, really good Christmas. Was able to go back uh, to Philly and spend it with the family. So that was a ton of fun. And I actually just recently got back to Indy a couple days ago. So it was an extended stay. I got to go from like the 17th uh, to like the 28th, 29th. So yeah, it was a, a ton of fun. How about you, Jack? Yeah, it's been good. We've been off school for the last two weeks. I'm working over at a Christian school here in Illinois. And honestly, a two-week break now as an adult out of now as a worker at a school and not a student myself, it feels like a really long break. <laughs> the, the time's not flying by maybe like it used to. <laughs> yeah. I remember in college, I'd be like, I only get three weeks and then three weeks it would just be over in a second. Maybe it's because I live here at home and I'm not going home to somewhere, but I'm just, I'm ready for this new year. I think 2020 is going to be a great year for the podcast. I miss podcasting over the last 10 days or so. So I'm glad to be back. And Jack, you said you dropped 34 podcasts last year. Let's ask you a quick question before we dive into this. What's the goal on number of podcasts here in 2020? All right. Well, how about this? Let me flip it around to you before I answer. <laughs> Fair enough. What are you predicting an over under of 34 in 2020? I would say I would say you're going to try and smash the over on that and <laughs> be I would say close to one a week. Yeah. So maybe around maybe you know upper 40s around 50 maybe. Yeah, I think the thing is I I you don't want to overpromise and underdeliver. So Fair. 
I'm going to say my goal, let's say 45 for this year. And anything above that would be awesome. And I definitely would like to get into the 50s and have once every week. But who knows what's going to happen this year. So let's just let's go with 45. How about that? All right, that works. I'll give you a plus 11 from the year before. <laughs> That's a successful second year campaign or third year. What is it? Third, third year. Fourth, so yeah, third year campaign now. We'll take that. Think about this. I had about three months off last year recovering from surgery and going into surgery and all that. So who knows what those numbers could have been? I mean, that's like that's like what Yelich had to miss the last two weeks of the season, <laughs> what his numbers could have been. Maybe he would have won an MVP. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> definitely an inch. That's definitely a very key, uh, very important statistic there that you missed those three. What was it? Three weeks? No, three, three months. months. Three months. Yeah. So I would. Yeah, I'm definitely smashing the over there on the 34. <laughs> yeah, it was like it was like end of January to around mid April. So maybe two and a half months. I don't know. OK, fair enough. But all right, Jordan. Lastly, before we get into what we're going to be talking about today, uh, you know about the stickers. The stickers that I am selling right now that have, have the Jack Vita Show logo on them. If you live close, you can get them for free. If you live in Illinois, you want to pick them up or I could drop them off at your house and you can put a 3 by 3 sticker with the podcast logo on your water bottle, your laptop, whatever it is, and you can rep the podcast with pride. Jordan, I'm going to send some out to you. How's that sound? That'll work. That'll work. Let me know when you need my address. All right. Sounds good. So it's if if you live far, it'll be $5, and you can let me know how many you want, uh, and the price won't change unless you're asking for like 40 of them because I only have like 100 left. <laughs> <laughs> the shipping on 40 of them might be a little expensive as <laughs> So yeah, like if you want any number between 1 and 10, I can make that happen for $5. Just let me know. As long as you're going to put them to good use. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I'll toss them on the laptop. Perfect. That'll work. Great. All right, Jordan, let's tell the folks what we're here to do today. So the last time I spoke with you, believe it or not, was about five months ago on one of these podcasts. It was the end of August, maybe early September. We did our four-part NFL preview podcast series. And now the NFL season is over. We tried a couple of times to check in in the middle of the season, but we had some scheduling conflicts. I had bronchitis for a little bit, but we're back now. Season's over. So you know what we're going to do today? Let's let's look back on our predictions, and then we'll we'll get everyone set for the first round of the NFL playoffs. Yeah, even though we were in NFL season, I feel like, Jack, I feel like I've had a full off season <laughs> off the Jack Vita Show podcast. I'm refreshed. I'm not going to lie to you. I was a little worn down at the end of our four episode series. And there rightfully span, so. Yeah, in a span of what was it, four or five days we put those together. Yeah, it yeah, was like I feel, 10 days. I feel fresh. I'm ready to roll. Uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to knocking this episode out. Yeah, it's funny when that. When we finished that, I'm like, I can go a solid three weeks without NFL. <laughs> and I'm going to be honest, this NFL season just kind of came and went for me. It differs for me each year how much of an investment I have. But I think the big thing for me is when your team, at least for me with the NFL, if your team you know has no shot at winning the Super Bowl and you come into the season thinking that they can win the Super Bowl and after week one you know that it's not going to happen, your excitement level drops very quickly. 
Yeah, I think obviously with the big Ben injury in week one, <laughs> that kind of probably ruined your NFL season for you. And for <laughs> me as well, uh, heading in, we also the Jags <laughs> lost our quarterback very, very early in the season. It was also uh, week one. Yeah, it was indeed. Yeah. Uh, now, the Jags backup QB was a little more fun than the Steelers ended up being. Um, but the Steelers did stay in it longer. But yeah, I, I completely agree with you. You're also not a big fantasy guy, which I think plays a toll in that too. Yeah, I mean, I'm very easily attached to fantasy football, which means even if the Jags aren't good, I can still pay attention pretty consistently because of it. Hey, by the way, shout out to Michaela Perkins for winning our fantasy football league. Yeah, down year for me. (laughs) 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 A down year for me and shout out Evan too, because Evan's normally very good in that league too. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so let's look back on some of these predictions that we made coming into the season. Jordan, I know you listened to this podcast at some point midway through the season, just as a refresher to see how our picks were holding up. And I haven't listened back since we recorded it, since I edited it and posted it. How are our picks looking right now in 2020? Well, for the most part, Jack, I think we did a solid job. Um, We missed a couple major ones, uh, specifically one in the AFC. And uh, do you want me to just jump to these teams? Uh, Yeah. Is that fine? Okay. Uh, I think we were both really high on the Chargers and at least a playoff berth for them. Um, So we both missed pretty badly on them. I do have a quick stat, though. I saw this, and this is a hilarious stat and very fitting for a team like the Chargers when you look at their personnel. Um, But I saw if every one-score game was swapped around, so if, you know, every single game that they lost by one score, they won, the Chargers this year would have been 13-3. and Wow. Yeah, I saw something similar. I didn't know the number was that high. I, it was it was twelve and th- uh, maybe it was twelve and three twelve and three and it was heading into the last week of the season, um, but still they ended up five and eleven. <laughs> so isn't that fitting for a Philip Rivers led team, <laughs> who you, who you don't necessarily think is one of the most clutch QBs in the league uh, <laughs> to to have a statistic like that? But that was one of our big misses. Yeah, two. Me and you were not high on the Buffalo Bills. Well, I, this I had them at 8-8, eight eight, so eight I was eight. moderate okay. on you, them. You were higher, but you still weren't that high. But this is where we got to give a shout-out to one of our podcast uh, guests, Chase Beebe, yeah. who is a Buffalo Bills fan, so maybe objectively and maybe not objectively, <laughs> was very high on the Bills heading in. <laughs> but he <laughs> said they were going 10-6, and six, and they finished right at 10-6, and six, so that's a heck of a call by Chase. Uh, so shout-out to him. But that's another one of the ones that neither of us had in the playoffs that ended up making it. I believe we both also had the Steelers making the playoffs and winning the division. Yeah. That one has a little bit of an asterisk because of the Big Ben injury. But regardless, I think both of us missed on Baltimore this year. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I I was dead wrong on them. I was not big on Lamar. Uh, I thought he got exposed a, a big time in that playoff game, and I thought it would carry into this season. Obviously, that was heavily incorrect. I said something about Baltimore, and here's where I wasn't, I wasn't correct because I didn't have a take, but I basically <laughs> said if Baltimore is correct on their assessment of Lamar Jackson, they have a very high ceiling, a much higher ceiling than they did with Joe Flacco, which was capped around that six to 10 wins threshold. If Lamar could develop into a star, 
they could emerge as a very electric, exciting team. Now, would I have put any money on that happening? No. Uh, but that's what happened. Did you think even at his peak, where you thought even if he's as good as he could humanly possibly be, which I think we can agree he was this season, would you have said there's any chance Baltimore wins 14 games? Uh, Well, I think the thing is I would have... If you told me that Ben wasn't going to play, mm-hmm. maybe they, the maybe. Browns weren't great. <laughs> well, I I had the Browns at six and ten. I I think I was dead right on the Browns. Yeah, they were. They ended up six and ten. Yeah, and then but none. We didn't think the Bengals were going to be a one win team. Uh, so I think the division collapsed a little bit and they capitalized on it. But the short answer, no. I don't think anyone saw fourteen wins coming from this Baltimore team. But you know what was funny was I remember you guys were, mainly Evan, really excited about Joe Flacco in Denver. Remember that? <laughs> I, let, let me be clear. I wasn't hugely excited <laughs> about Joe Flacco Evan in was. any way, shape, or form. Evan was very high on the Broncos. <laughs> um, but I thought, I thought they'd be better. Um, and, I mean, they did win seven games this year. So it wasn't like a huge, like they weren't off. They weren't a bad team. I feel like a lot of games they lost too were close. It seems like they were always in battles. Um, but yeah, obviously the Flacco thing did not hit. <laughs> it's, it was the same thing as that they had last year, pretty much where they were in games, their defense kept them in games, but they didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then the only other thing, the only other AFC team, I, this Jags are a lot like the Steelers where like the Foles injury kind of puts an asterisk on that season. Um, and I think both of us had the Jags as playoff teams. I think you picked the Jags to win the division. I did. And I've had them as a wild card team. But the, again, like they traded Ramsey in week three or week four or whatever. So it yeah. was <laughs> it was a rebuilding effort after the Foles injury. And the only other thing is, did you you didn't have the Raiders in the playoffs, but you had them being better a year. Than yeah, a year I ago, think right? I said somewhere around seven or eight wins. And you guys were like, Seven or eight wins, Oakland Raiders. Oh my gosh, you just love Gruden. That's what it is. And I said, I think this team could be all right. I think they're moving in the right direction. And the funny thing is, I think part of the reason why maybe I would have agreed with you would have been Antonio Brown being there. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? Did, <laughs> and that didn't end up being uh, <laughs> a factor whatsoever. Um, so yeah, I think you know, for the most part, we did solid in the AFC. I think our, most of our division winners. Uh, although I guess Houston won the AFC South. I had the Titans winning the AFC South, their playoff team. But, um, but we I had both the Texans hit on, uh, in the wild card. Yeah, we both hit on uh, the Chiefs. We both hit on the Pats. Um, we missed in the North, and we both missed in the South in our division winners. Um, but uh, not a horrible job by us, I don't think. <laughs> no, I think. Back. Yeah, I think we did pretty well. I wasn't extremely high on the chargers, but I did have them as a playoff team. Evan also had the chargers as a division winner in the AFC West. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And looking at that too, looking at the chargers too, they were five and 11 and their point differential was minus eight. (laughs) (laughs) So that screams that one, uh, that one score game stat. Ridiculous. I guess the biggest disappointment would be the LA Rams. We, I had them, I believe I had them winning the Super Bowl, if not playing in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs, and they things did not come to fruition. I think we both were thinking Goff was going to take a step forward. It didn't quite happen. Yeah, on the NFC side, they're a good one to talk about, especially since they made a very 
uh, major win now move making the Ramsey trade. Um, if you would have told me this team would have added Jalen Ramsey in week five, I definitely probably would have had them at least as a playoff team. Yeah. Um, I mean, they did win nine games, so it wasn't like they were a bad football team by any means, but yeah, definitely a disappointing season, um, for them, especially given expectations. Yeah. And then the other one, I know none of us on the NFC North podcast were really taking the bait on the bears. I think we were scared. We were going to offend bears fans with our takes, CJ, I think, reluctantly had them as an NFC wildcard team. No one was super high on the Bears, but uh, I think I had them at 8-8, eight and eight, which is where they ended up. Yeah, and I had them sneaking in as my second wildcard team just because I thought that defense was good enough. Maybe 9-7 and seven is what I went with. I, I know I had them sneaking in as that second wildcard team. Um, but yeah, they're another one. Uh, clearly a step back uh, from where they were a year ago as well. Yeah, let's talk about that NFC North. Why don't you remind us of how we all went with that? I would love to discuss the <laughs> NFC North in our predictions beforehand. Uh, I mean, I had the Packers, um, and I talked heavily about this, and I know neither you or who else was on us? With CJ. That? Was CJ. CJ, yep. Um, neither you or CJ really agreed with my take on the Packers, but I thought maybe a fresh start for Rodgers was what he needed. Um, and I, I thought the moves they made over the offseason to help that defense – I said Devontae Adams was going to prove he was the number one receiver in the division. He did. Um, so really everything I talked about Packers-wise in the preseason came true. Now, I didn't have Minnesota as a playoff team, and I know you guys both had them winning the division, correct? Yeah. Yeah, and you're you're, you're still a big Minnesota guy heading into this postseason, correct? Um, <laughs> mm, we'll talk about that today. Okay. Okay. We'll get to that. It's okay. going to be interesting to talk about them. I do really like Kirk Cousins on a personal level, uh, but I, I, all right, we'll talk about it. We'll talk okay. about it. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, all three of us had the Lions as the fourth team in that division. So really, the only mix-up. Did you have two playoff teams from that division, or only no, one? I only okay, had you one. only had one. Um, I had the Bears making the playoffs as that second wild card, so I missed with that. And then did CJ? Have, I think CJ had a second playoff team from that division. Did he have the Bears sneak in? Yeah, no? I, I think he did. Okay, so there you go. So we both missed on the Bears, and then uh, you guys both missed on the Pack in that division. I want to talk about the Pack just for a second because we're yep. not going to be talking about them a whole lot today because they're not playing this weekend because they got a bye, which I did <laughs> not expect happening at all no. this year. I don't know if I would have went that high on them either. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to talk about the Pack next week. If you, You're going to join me next week on Monday, right? That is the plan. All right. So, yeah, Jordan's going to be back with me after the wild card round. We'll look ahead at the divisional round. So we'll talk more about Green Bay next week. But the main thing I just want to say is it is so great to have Aaron Rodgers back in the playoffs. It feels like it's been a while. Uh, but the last couple of years, I remember last year we were talking about those early rounds of the playoffs, and we're just like there's stuff that's missing. There's no Aaron Rodgers. There's no Ben Roethlisberger. So to get Rodgers back in there – is going to be a big, big, exciting storyline that we'll have uh, at least in the second weekend of the NFL playoffs. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, when you talk about the guys that, you know, the majority of people want to see, it's the Brady's, the Russell Wilson's, the Drew Brees, and almost nine times out of 10, pretty much everybody includes Aaron Rodgers in that group. So I'm with you. It's good to see him back in the postseason. Um, and wow, I can't I, I really can't believe that team went 13 and three. I was high on him and I don't even think I was 13 and three high on them. So <laughs> it is impressive that he's coming in or he's not even playing uh, this weekend with that bye. Yeah. One good talking point here and then we'll kind of run through the last part of this NFC. 
I think one th- storyline from this season was just how there wasn't a whole lot of a middle class team in some of these some of these uh, conferences. It was a lot of, and we saw this in Major League Baseball this year. There was a lot of fourteen and two, thirteen and three, twelve and four, and then there was you got the one and fifteen and two and fourteen and. There wasn't a whole lot of seven and nine, eight and eight, and the seven and nine, eight and eight teams almost made the playoffs. Yeah, none of them were even really full. Well, I guess in the NFC was a little bit different. Yeah, but in the AFC, there was like we were at the point that last week where even the Raiders at like seven and eight, if a certain scenario went how it should, how it could have, the Raiders would have been able to sneak into the playoffs <laughs> at eight and eight. So yeah, it, I would agree with you. It seems like yeah, the top tier teams especially in the NFC, I think this stands more true. Um, but the top tier teams were just, <laughs> there wasn't much middle ground. They were, it was either dominant or very, very mediocre. And I guess the only division that it doesn't really stand that case is the NFC East. And <laughs> there was never really any dominant there. Yeah. So any other thoughts? I guess San Francisco 49ers. I don't think any of us had them in the playoffs. I mean, they exceeded a lot of expectations that we had for them this year. Yeah. That's what I'll say. And I think I had them as the third best team in the NFC, which isn't really something to brag about. But I will say you had them as the fourth best team in the NFC West. Uh, yeah, I think I had them and the Cardinals right next to each other. <laughs> you, know, you, you took the Cardinals over the 49ers. I remember this. I need to dive back in because I can't, I can't recall. <laughs> I said, I think the Cardinals have a chance to be fun and win five or six games. I think that's where I went with them. I can't remember if I had San Francisco. I hope I didn't, but <laughs> I may I may have just because I was not big on Jimmy G heading into the year at all. All right, let's talk about our first slate of games that we're going to get on Saturday. And I like the way that they're doing this this year. I don't know if they've ever done this before. They've got the AFC games on Saturday and the NFC games on Sunday. Do you like this, Jordan? Yeah, and I think given the games we got, Jack, I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, I was kind of debating. I was trying to figure out, you know, before they announced the schedule and everything, but we knew the playoff teams. I was trying to figure out, you know, which two games would be the night games, which two games would be the early games. And honestly, I think I was a little bit surprised Minnesota and New Orleans wasn't the night game if we're going to go with the night game for, for the NFC. Um, but I, yeah, I thought the AFC, I thought obviously Buffalo and Houston was going to be an early game and, uh, Tennessee and new England made a lot of sense for a night game given Brady and given how hot the Titans have been. So yeah, I think it makes sense. And is, have they not done this in the past where it's NFC one day, AFC another, I feel like normally it's split. Yeah. I cannot remember a time where they've done it, but it seems like it makes too much sense not to, because sometimes you got to wait and see who's going to win on the Sunday night is a six seed going to win and that's going to upset the apple card and everything's going to be kind of flipped around and you don't know who you're going to prepare for and you've got a, a Sunday game or maybe even a Saturday game and you don't know who you're playing until Sunday night. Yeah, I think it works out uh, really, really nicely. Now, given the schedule, does that mean that would mean one of these teams from each will have one less day of rest, right? Whoever plays the one seeds. Oh, you you are correct. Actually, that's strange. I would think they just stick with that format yeah, and do AFC Saturday way. and then mm-hmm. NFC Sunday. Yeah, that's a little bit of a disadvantage for ever who whoever has to play the one seed. 
having to play because if you play on uh, that would be where would that come in the case that would be the nfc playing whoever plays san francisco correct yeah they've got they've got the one seeds playing on saturday so it seems like it's a greater penalty to being the low seed coming through but that's not really fair because you could have won your division and been the four seed and now you well i guess maybe philly should get penalized yeah. for winning that division yeah, exactly <laughs> well that, well yeah in that case maybe <laughs> maybe you deserve one less day <laughs> but regardless i think it's a good way to set it up and yeah i think it makes for a lot of fun heading into this weekend yeah so let's talk about these games that we have on saturday let's start with the first game buffalo and houston jordan we did this last year we had this format during the playoffs where we would rank which game we had is the most interesting to least interesting. Where does this game stack up in out of these four games for you? I think this game makes a lot of sense to be the first game of the weekend. Jack, yeah. uh, I would have it as the fourth most interesting game. Now that I say that though, I do think this game can go either way. Would you agree? Yeah, I think this game is going to be close, but I also agree because there isn't a whole lot of star power there. Now, maybe Deshaun Watson is a guy we could talk about, but Look, you got Brady as a headliner on a night game, and then you've got the NFC. I don't really want to say powerhouses, but just there's more stars. Two of the best there's, rosters. Yeah, there's more. I think there's more excitement in the NFC games than there is in this game. But I think this is this is going to be a good game. I think part of it, the reason why we're not gaga over it, is because it's a second year quarterback and a third year quarterback. It could be a defensive battle. We don't really know what to expect out of these quarterbacks in the playoffs. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Uh, I would say specifically on the Josh Allen side of things. <laughs> he's he's an extreme wild card, I think, heading into this playoffs. But I will say, and before we hop too deep into this game, I will say I do think Buffalo matches up pretty well with Houston, really across the board, because they have the great corner in uh, Tredavious White to handle Hopkins. And, you know, Houston's defense really hasn't been that great all year, Jack. And this isn't a Buffalo offense that really lights it up. Yeah. And really, I think the other part is I don't really know what to make of either of these teams <laughs> because both these teams like have had some big signature wins. You look at the Texans beat the Patriots. They also beat the Chiefs. Uh, and then the Bills were a team that we did not think was going to make the playoffs. And they got in there with 10 wins. A lot of people were ripping on their schedule for the first part of the season. But I think they cemented their place with that win against the Steelers on Sunday Night Football. And so, yeah, this is this is just a weird one all, all across the board. Yeah, and I think it's important to note. I mean, Houston won the AFC South with one of the toughest schedules in football i remember we were discussing it on the the preseason yeah um podcast and we were like looking at houston's schedule it's brutal um and i think that's kind of why we shied away from them maybe a little bit i know you had them as a wild card team um but still it was very impressive that they ended up winning the division with the schedule they had they had some monster wins they beat the pats they beat the chiefs as you mentioned. And then on the Buffalo side of things, it's a little bit different because I, in a way, Buffalo had one of the four easiest schedules in football um, post, you know, everybody's records being laid out. Um, so they kind of took advantage of an easier schedule. They don't, you touched on signature wins. Like the Steelers was a good win. They also won at uh, Dallas and really their only other, you know, great win I would say was at Tennessee. 
Um, that would be the considered the other big win. So they didn't necessarily beat many powerhouses. Um, but again, you can only beat who's on your schedule. So shout out to the Bills for taking advantage of that <laughs> schedule and, and sneaking into the playoffs at 10 and 6. Yeah, and I think we also saw Josh Allen come into his own over the course of the season. There was a lot of progression. Year two and year one, it was night and day. I mean, he had a really, really nice growth process as this season went along. And I was glad he got that moment on the Thanksgiving game on primetime in Mm -hmm. Dallas. And a lot of people sort of got to see this guy shine. Yeah, he was, and it, <laughs> if you check Twitter during that game, the entire every, Buffalo fan base was letting it be known that this was Josh <laughs> Allen's kind of coming out party um, in towards the end of the league. Um, but yeah, I would agree with that. I think Josh Allen took a lot of really big steps forward this year. I mean, we touched on, you know, when we were talking Buffalo in the preseason, we're like, Josh Allen's a guy who's a great runner, and can he take a step forward in his past game? And, you know, obviously a year ago, in his 12 or 11 starts, he had 10 TDs and 12 picks this year. He started all 16 games and only had nine picks. So definitely progressed, took care of the football better. Um, and his two weapons, John Brown and Cole Beasley, we touched on in the preseason too. Those were big for his progression as well. All right. Anything else on this game before you want to make a pick? Uh, the only other thing I think it's important to note, JJ Watt is active for this game. Um, he tore his peck not that long ago. <laughs> um, but I think they, I don't know if they tossed him on the IR to return, um, but he's, I don't know if he's a hundred, he's not going to be a hundred percent in this game, but they did activate him. So he has a possibility of playing and making an impact here. All right. I want to hear your pick and then I'll make mine. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie to you, Jack Houston, even though they have those big signature wins really all year, they didn't impress me very much. And I think Buffalo is coming in here with some momentum. Uh, I like the Bills in this game. I like the Bills in kind of a lower scoring affair. I think the winning teams in the low 20s wouldn't be surprised at the losing teams in the teens. Uh, I like the Bills 21-17. <laughs> I'm laughing because I was right about to say Texans 21-17. And, and I think that's the great thing about this game. And even though it's the first game and, you know, it's number four on both of our quote-unquote intriguing lists, um, I just think this game could go either way. I, I don't think there's a I don't think there's a scenario where one of these two teams blows each other out. Yeah, I like the home field here for Houston. Mm-hmm. And a lot there are a few of these games. Well, there are two of these games I should say where I'm kind of I'm split on and I favor the home team in these instances. I think Deshaun Watson is going to show up to play after his performance last year left a lot more to be desired. And I think he's heard about it. He's spent all offseason thinking about it. I think Deshaun Watson's going to have a good game, and he's going to need to have a good game in order for them to win. I think they're going to get the job done at home. But do I? Am I confident in this? Not at all. I think this would. <laughs> if you were doing confidence picks, this would, this would be, be like fourth. my three or four. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I think that's the big. Obviously, that's the big advantage Houston has. I think obviously Deshaun Watson's the much better quarterback. Let me ask you this while you were on the topic of home field. How would you rank Houston's home field advantage compared to a lot of teams in the NFL? Because to me, I just don't think it's nearly as big as an advantage there as it is in a lot of these places. If I look at the rest of the playoff teams, I think I would rank them as maybe the weakest home field advantage of any, apart from maybe the Titans. Okay, I don't. I would have to look through all the teams. Uh, 
I think they definitely would be in the lower lowest third mm-hmm. of this. But here's what I will say. Their home field, for them to get a game at home field, I think is very important for them because they're an arena team. They're in the warm they're in a warm climate. So for them not to have to go out to Buffalo, sure. I, I think just the fact that they're going to have that is going to add an extra oomph for them going into this game. So I think the fact that they don't have to go and maybe next week they're going to have to play in Baltimore or maybe next week they're going to have to play in, I, I, let's see, KC, Kansas City. Yeah, maybe that's a little different. And those two places are very, very different. Baltimore is going to be cold. Kansas City shows up like no other home team in this league. So I think for them, they're going to take advantage of just – being safe at home. I think there's safety. There's not going to be a huge advantage, but I think there's comfort. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I was just curious on where you would, how powerful you thought Houston's home field advantage truly was. <laughs> um, yeah, a couple quick notes before we probably move on from this game. I touched on the Tredavious White on Hopkins matchup. I think that's huge um, because really if Will Fuller, and he's questionable in this game, and probably not going to be at hundred percent and he's been knocked out of a lot of games with the hamstring groin issue that he's had all season. If he's not good to go, if they're able to shut down uh, Hopkins, there's not many guys that scare you in this Houston offense. Um, so that could make things tougher on Deshaun. So that's one of the key matchups I think to discuss. And two, I think Buffalo is able to run the ball in this matchup. Devin Singletary, I think has a good game. They have a nice little combination one, two punch with him and Gore in the backfield. I think Josh Allen's able to extend some plays and get some big runs in this game as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if Buffalo wins the time of possession in this game. Jim. Yeah. And I think that could be the key uh, to a Buffalo quote unquote upset here in Houston. Yeah. I, again, here's, this is one that I really, I just not super opinionated on. So I could really see it going <laughs> either way. I will favor the home team. I like your points. Let's talk about the main event on Saturday night. This is a good game. And you know what I think is an underrated storyline with this game? I know everyone's talking about Patriots are done. Patriots are over the hill. And Tennessee's hot. Tannehill's been awesome lately. And Mm -hmm. we'll get to all of that. How about the fact Belichick and the Patriots, it seems like games where they struggle are games against former uh, assistants of Bills. So Vrabel, with his history in the Patriots system playing there. And then you've got Bill O'Brien and the Texans. They beat the Patriots earlier this year. And then another example is uh, Matt Patricia's Lions beat the Patriots last year. So it seems like some of these guys who come from the inside seem to know how to beat the Patriots. And that's something that I'm really looking out for this week with Mike Vrabel. Do you think that plays a big factor this week? I think it's going to keep the game close. Now, I don't... I ultimately, I guess I can say it right now. I am going with the Patriots in this game. I like them at home. And I also like them in situations where people write them off. I think they always seem to bounce back from those situations and remind us of why they're the Patriots. And so I think the Patriots are going to win this game, but I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to come down to last possession. I think this is a close game too. Um, You touched on home field a little bit there. Uh, I did happen to get a weather update from our good friend Connor Ennis on this <laughs> game heading into this weekend. He did say there's a solid chance of snow, oh. which I think if there is, that's a big advantage. Patriots, yeah. 
um, given how they've performed and maybe Brady specifically in the snow in the past. Now, you may look at that and be like, wait, maybe that is a Derrick Henry advantage in Ooh. this matchup. If they're able to, you know, if Tennessee is able to really run the football. Um, but I think a key part of how good Tennessee's offense has been is their ability to open things up. Uh, A.J. Brown, the rookie receiver for them, has been absolutely fantastic. He's right in the running for offensive rookie of the year. Um, they have a nice emerging tight end. They lost Delaney Walker earlier in the season to an ankle injury, I think, and he's he was done for the year. Jonu Smith is a young guy, young, athletic, talented tight end who's filled in really well for him. They have a nice, uh, very high pick. He was a fifth overall pick, Corey Davis. Um, is their number two receiver now with the emergence of A.J. Brown. So I I think the passing game and how good Tannehill's been, Jack, lately has kind of opened things up because teams can't just stuff the box against Derrick Henry when you have those playmakers in the pass game. So I do think the weather can be a big a big key to this game. But if the Titans aren't able to, um, and it, maybe it snows you know, not horribly, but enough to impact the passing game in a little bit. I think that could allow advantage Patriots to maybe stuff the box a little bit extra as well. Yeah, I think it's going to be a really good game. I've got a trivia question here for you, Jordan. Let me pull this up real quick. Put me on the spot. <laughs> Do you know the last time the Patriots played in the wild card round of the playoffs? Ooh, uh, this is the first time in at least 10 years. That's correct. Oh, was it exactly 10? I saw, yes. I saw, okay, okay. So I, I, cause I saw a tweet about it. So I did cheat a little bit. Oh, okay. Well, you, you didn't, <laughs> well, didn't cheat. cheat. You just but accidentally yeah, studied for it. Accidentally came across the answer. But yeah, <laughs> it, it is very, very odd to see them in this wild card game, Jack. They have, I don't know how many times they've made the playoffs over the last 18 years or whatever. Probably like 15 would be at my least. guess. Maybe 16. Yeah, yeah, I know there were two that they missed for sure. Mm-hmm. And there have only been three times over that whole stretch that they have played in the wild card round. The last one was 09 when they played okay. the Ravens and they actually got blown out by the Ravens. If you you might not remember that. I do not. I remember watching that game and just being like, holy smokes. Uh, and I think the Ravens ended up playing the Steelers in the playoffs that year. I'm not entirely sure, but uh, the Ravens, yeah, so the Ravens blew them out 33-14. to 14, And at that point, that was when people were like, okay, that's the end of the Patriots era. It was people... a fun run. <laughs> <laughs> the Dolphins had won the division the year before with 11 wins. People were thinking that was it, and now here we are 10 years later, and they've won three other Super Bowls. <laughs> and it did. we're still wondering, Jack, when the end is coming. <laughs> <laughs> I've got two other ones in 05 and 06. In 05, they played the Jacksonville Jaguars, a team that's very near and dear to your heart. Do you remember the they outcome are. of that game? Oh, geez, no. <laughs> <laughs> it was 28-3. to Patriots got the win. I actually think that was around that time. I, I, I remember this, Jordan. You might not. But Byron Lefwich was the franchise quarterback, and he was hurt a lot. And David Garrard came in, and Garrard was fantastic he was really good so there was a controversy of who was going to play in that game and they brought Gerard out in the second half and he looked a lot better than Byron Lefwich did yeah and David Gerard was actually if you rank my Jaguar quarterbacks for the past couple of years <laughs> <laughs> or past 15 years he would be decently high on that list Jack he I mean, might be he the best one he was good 
Yeah, apart from Brunel, I would probably have him, yeah, probably number two. Well, Brunel, I mean, you said 15 years. Well, yeah, like yeah, 20 fair years. Enough, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> I always think Brunel played because that was the more enjoyable Jacksonville Jaguar times. <laughs> I try and keep those seasons as close as possible. So the Patriots won that game, went on to lose in the division round to a team that they seemingly always struggled with in this era at least on the road in denver they lost 27 to 13 to a jake Plummer led team okay some good nfl history there and i got one more but go ahead <laughs> what's give me the last one before we before i start making my points <laughs> <laughs> the last one they play in the wild card round in 2006 which was the year that the Colts ended up beating them in the AFC championship game where the Patriots were in Indy. They were up 18, ended up losing 38, 34. They did, however, win the wild card round 37 to 16 over the Jets. So they're two and one in the Belichick era in the wild card round. Yes, correct? but okay. they have never made it to the Super Bowl Interesting. When, when they've played in the wild card round. Interesting. Yeah, I think, I mean, you look at, well, one, it's a monster advantage always for Bill to get two weeks to um, yeah. prepare for anyone. Um, so now he gets the one week in the wild card game. Um, you touched on the coaching matchup in this, and I think it's a very interesting coaching matchup with the Vrabel connection. Because um, Vrabel's a guy who early in this season, I mean, I've have, I'm forced to follow Titans fans a lot with... <laughs> being good friends with Connor and <laughs> them being on our division. Uh, and Titans fans were one been happy with him. And then all of a sudden, you know, obviously Tannehill helped turn it around and they're huge on him. I do think this is a heavy coaching mismatch. Um, and it most it almost always is when you're going against Bill Belichick. But this is a guy in Vrabel who this is his first playoff game as a head coach, correct? Yeah, that is they correct. Signed, they signed him last year. Yes. Last year um, was so his I, first year. Yep. So I think it's a heavy coaching matchup. Also, I do think New England's defense is a lot better than Tennessee's. Um, Tennessee has a, a couple injuries uh, in the secondary. Malcolm Butler's out for the year. I think they're getting their second corner, Adoree Jackson, back. But I think on the offensive side of the ball, so there's two there's two advantages for New England there. I think on the offensive side of the ball, I would definitely give the edge to Tennessee. Um, for as good as Derrick Henry wow. was this year, um, Tannehill, look, Jack, I, I get it. With the, you have Brady in the playoffs, and but the he just doesn't have the weapons. Tannehill has outplayed Brady heavily since he's taken over this team. Um, obviously I'm giving playoff Tom probably the QB advantage, especially if there's snow in this matchup. But I think, I just think the Titans offense as a whole weapon wise is a lot better than new England's, uh, apart from Julian Edelman and you know, how scary is Julian Edelman? I, nobody really scares me in this Patriots offense, Jack. Fair points. Fair points. Um, yeah. I, I mean, a lot of what they do comes from their halfbacks. So I would expect James White to be heavily involved here. Maybe some Rex Burkhead. Um, but yeah, I, I would give the advantage, I think, on the offensive side of the ball to Tennessee. Now, here's one quick point before I let you take over, Jack, that I wanted to note. And I think this is a huge, huge deal in this game. The Titans this year gave up 56 sacks to their quarterbacks. That's third in the league, third most in wow. the league. And on the Patriots side of the ball, they're always great at this. 26th in the league, only allowed 28 sacks. So half of the sacks um, the Pats allowed compared to the Titans. I think that is a huge, huge deal in this game. One of the ways you kind of can beat Brady, you have to be able to get to him. 
Um, and it's always tough to do because of how quick he gets the football out. Um, but I think that's a huge, huge deal. Um, cause I mean, we both know how much sacks can change possessions, you know, a big second, second and eight turns into a third and 16 from a sack. Um, I think that is one key statistic to look out for. And I think how well both defensive lines play, and I guess on the other flip side of how well both offensive lines play, um, is a huge, huge key in this game. Yeah, I do think I really do like the Patriots defense in this game for a lot of reasons. It's at Foxborough. You mentioned those numbers. So I think those are good numbers to look at. I also want to bring up one other point that we haven't touched on, and that's the history between these two teams. They actually played each other in the divisional round two years ago. Patriots won 35-14, to but that was before the start of the Mike Vrabel era. And the Ryan Tannehill era. (laughs) (laughs) That was the Marcus Mariota era. Uh, You uh, you could not wait to drag Mariota some way in this podcast. (laughs) Hey, he won a playoff game this decade. He He deserves some respect. He did. So, and I also misspoke. Vrabel was never an assistant with the Patriots, but he did come from the inside, played there for eight, nine years. So, lots of interesting stuff to look at. It's time to make a pick, though, Jordan. Who you got? I like the Pats in a close one. The spread in this game, and we don't want to make big deals of spreads, but it's five and a half. I think I would take the Titans with the five and a half, um, but I think the Pats win a close one here. I like them. Oof. I like them 24-21, maybe a late Brady drive. Yeah, that's right around where I had them. I mean, I think this is this could be 17-14, Any of those scores, I think, would really be fitting. I don't think it's going to be a huge offensive game, especially if there's snow. And I do think I I think it will be a one score game though. So I think that the it will be an under a five and a half point victory for the Pats. Would a Titans win on Saturday night surprise you? So I guess what I would say, Jordan, yep. my my assessment of the Patriots is I think this week they will win and it won't be surprising that they win. While I don't think they're going to play in the Super Bowl, and they could, we'll see, but I think they're going to have a win in these playoffs that's going to remind us of who they are. And maybe that'll happen next week. We'll see when we get there. But I think they're very capable of playing spoiler to someone. And again, this Patriots team started out 9-0. and And yeah. here they are. And I know they came down, came into the playoffs a little slowly. I don't want to say they limped in. But yeah, I do think if they had gotten that first round bye and that second round home field, that that would make a world of difference for them in these playoffs. But maybe it's time for Bill and Tom to do it to win once again in a new fashion because they keep doing that this decade. Yeah, I will say Bill's going to have to do a really, really good coaching job to make it all the way through this playoffs. But I w- yeah, I would agree with you. And I think obviously having Bill comboed with the home game in round one gives him a great chance to beat Tennessee. Yeah. So would you be surprised if they I, if the Titans as won? Hot as, as hot as the Titans have been, no. Um, because I do think the game... If the Titans are able to get up early, I think it's a really good scenario for them where they're able to kind of focus on getting Henry going, use the play action probably more. Um, I don't know how well this New England team is built to play from behind. 
So it would no, I wouldn't say it would surprise me. No, I don't think so. As good as the Titans have been as of late, I don't think it would be shocking, but I am obviously picking New England in this game. <laughs> All right. So you ready to go over to the NFC side? Let's do it. All right. So we'll talk about, again, we'll go in chronological order of these games. So you were surprised that this was the early game, and I am too, to tell you the truth. I'm also surprised by the point spread a little bit. I think that the Vikings deserve a little more respect. Uh, Now, I'm not overly high on the Vikings in this matchup, but the Saints are hosting the Vikings. Saints 13-3, and and kind of a quiet year from the Saints. It seemed like they were a little under the radar this year as a 13-3 and team. Yeah, and you kind of wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> as as good as they, I mean, look, I get it. Obviously, you, you want to talk about something new, and the Saints have been pretty consistent over the past couple of years. Um, so San Fran and obviously Green Bay being back there makes you know a lot of sense that they got a lot of publicity throughout the year. But I tell you what, Jack, this is a really, really good Saints roster, and one that heading into this matchup this weekend has been clicking the past couple of weeks. Yeah, I I totally agree with you. They are favored by seven and a half points at home against the Vikings. I would have guessed this would be the main event too because we're going to talk about the second game in a little bit. But in the second game, you have a team that went nine and seven that's hosting a home playoff game. Another team that I haven't been overly excited by either in the, the Seahawks. Now, I do think that's going to be a closer game but I think there's a, a bigger storyline that you have with this Viking Saints game. I mean, you got Breeze in there. You got the whole can Kirk Cousins come through in the playoffs. That story has become a really big one. And it almost seems like people want to see Kirk fail for whatever reason. Uh, he's he's taken a beating over the last couple of years. And he had a great year this year, by the way. So I'm a little surprised by it, especially considering the miracle in Minnesota that occurred two years ago between these two teams. Yeah, and to be quite honest with you, Jack, you touched on the other two teams. I think I would take Minnesota over both of the teams in the other game. Yeah, I would too. If it were to be seeded that way. Um, And you look at, one quick note on Minnesota too, uh, compared to some of these other NFC teams, they were fourth in the NFC in point differential. So they were dominating some teams this year. And one of those teams ahead of them, by the way, was the Cowboys. <laughs> so they're third in point differential in terms of playoff teams with only the Niners and the Saints ahead of them. Um, so this is, tell you what, this is a really, really good Vikings roster. Um, and I, yeah, I think, would you, you said you would agree you would, you would have taken Kirk and Minnesota over either of the teams in the other game? Yeah, I would, even if the Vikings were on the road to tell you I the agree. truth. Yeah, I haven't, I we're going to talk about these other two teams in a little bit. But, I mean, Kirk this year, I think he should have been a Pro Bowl quarterback. I mean, you could look at, if you, I guess if you were going to list the top five NFC quarterbacks this year, you got to go, obviously, Breeze and Rodgers got in the Pro Bowl, and Russell Wilson got in, and all deservedly so. I mean, Rodgers, I think from a numbers perspective, Kirk did a little more than Rodgers did. Uh, now, Rodgers won those games against Kirk. So yeah. it's not some there's something to be outraged by, but if you look at Russell and Kirk, like those guys have been really, really similar from a numbers standpoint. Now Russell has done a lot more in the playoffs and he's won a Super Bowl, but I like the link that those two guys have coming from the Big Ten, playing each other in college, being in the same draft. So I was I would have loved to see a Seahawks Vikings game. 
I think Kirk gets disrespected a little bit. One thing that was interesting, I was looking at Pro Football Focus's offensive line rankings for the season, and it talked about the Vikings' offensive line really declining as the season went on, and that was why Kirk struggled in Green Bay because he had way less time to throw than he did earlier in the season, and maybe that's a testament to the Packers' front seven and what they were doing against the Vikings. But I think the Vikings have a really good roster. I think Kirk had he had a season where he could be top five in MVP votes. Now, I don't know if he's going to get those votes because of his reputation, but I think Kirk's success this year was a little underrated. Yeah, I would agree. I, I thought he was honestly exactly what you thought he was going to be <laughs> heading into this season. Um, where would you rate him on the NFC side of these six teams in terms of QB? I would probably have him fifth. Ahead of only Garoppolo. Whoa, okay. So I think, and this is a good one, let's talk about these playoffs. I think, and here's where you and I are going to disagree on something. I think there's like three different classes of quarterbacks in these playoffs. Like you've got the legends. You've got Brady. You've got Rodgers. You've got Breeze. And I would even offer to put Mahomes in this category just in terms I think that's of fair. Yeah. And not to say that he's a legend, but these are yeah, the guys but... that I trust the most yes. in these playoffs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then you've got a lot of guys who you don't know what they're going to be because they're rookies. They're young in their careers. They haven't gotten a whole lot of playoff starts and you don't know what Josh Allen's going to be in these playoffs. You don't know what Deshaun Watson's going to be in these playoffs. Um, who else would you I, have I would, in this category? I would probably... In the Legends group, you have to debate Russell Wilson, too. Well, I'm going to get to that in a second. Okay. But who okay. would you put in this group? The second tier? kind of the, the No, young... these, are, these are the third tier. Oh, the third tier guys? So that would be the lowest tier in the playoffs? Basically, these are the unknown. You don't know what Garoppolo's okay. going to do. You don't know what Garoppolo's going to do. I'm not, I'm not sold on what Tannehill's going to do in a playoff game. I think Wentz kind of fits in this. Yeah. Um, just because of the playoff runs, when they've had them, it has been foals. Um, and I would put, I really don't know what Cousins is going to give me either. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> okay. So then I think Russell Wilson. And Josh is, Allen as well. Sorry. Russell Wilson is perfectly somewhere in between these two groups. Now closer, much closer to the legends category, but not quite in the legends category. But Russell Wilson, and we're going to talk about Seattle in a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think Kirk isn't too far away from Russell Wilson in terms of where these quarterbacks stack up. I think those guys are a lot more similar than people might notice. And I think the thing is, I'm talking about 2019. I'm not talking about 2014 when Kirk was on the bench. Russell was winning a Super Bowl. So we're going to talk about Seattle in a little bit. But what do you think about that? I would give a clear edge to Russell Wilson. Obviously, I think he's more mobile. Um, I think he does more with less. Now, that's not really Kirk's fault for having the targets. But I don't know if you put Kirk on the Seattle team, if they win 11 games this year. I don't think they do. Um, So I I think Russ is a more valuable QB. Um, I would definitely give him a decent edge over Kirk. Okay. I mean, Russ has done it at the biggest stages, too. He's won some big playoff games, too. Okay. So I might have to save some of my Russ takes for the next (laughs) game. Um, Okay. But let's come back to this one. Okay. I don't. Here's the thing. Kirk has not had, he hasn't won a big game, but he's also, I mean, with the Redskins, he didn't have great teams. And I think he made the Redskins a little better, got the Redskins into the playoffs. 
Now, it's this is tough because, like you said, if the Vikings were playing any of these other two, they were playing either of these other two teams, I would have taken them. The thing is, this point spread is seven and a half. I think the Vikings are going to lose by like four or five, something like that. Like a, a 35 to 31 game wouldn't surprise me. I think it's going to be close. And I think we're going to get the classic take of Kirk can't win the big one. But I think it's more so a testament to how good this Saints team is. I think the Saints team is being slept on and they're an early favorite of mine to get all the way to the Super Bowl. Jack, you're stealing my takes before I even have a chance to <laughs> <laughs> unleash. I love, I'm going to say right now, I love the Saints out of the NFC. And I yeah. did. They were my choice um, in our preseason. I picked them in the past. Yeah. I feel a lot more confident in the Saints' ability to get back or get there than I do the Pats on the AFC side. Um, look, I love everything about this Saints team. I love the one that they're coming in on fire. Uh, oh, my God. The, their last four games, they've dropped 42, 38, 34, and 46 offensively. <laughs> um, and they dropped 46. They lost that game, the San Francisco, 48, 46. They dropped 46 points on that San Francisco defense um, and then dropped 38 more on Tennessee two weeks ago. Uh, so I, I – I want to say Minnesota's able to keep this close. And I think seven, and like you said, seven and a half. I think they're able to keep it within that. Um, but I do think the Saints win this game. I just think it's, it's such a nightmare matchup for Minnesota. Because if you're ranking the overall rosters in the NFC, I would have Minnesota right near the top. I would probably have the Saints ahead of them. Um, and the only other one, if you're looking at rosters, probably San Francisco's roster um, as a whole. Um, but gosh, it's a brutal matchup for Minnesota really, because like I said, I I'm with you. I would pick them over Seattle or Philly as well, but I do think the saints win this ball game. Yeah. And I also think Minnesota is capable of going into Lambeau and getting a win, even though they didn't do it this year, they did it last year. And now this is a different Packers team than last year. Clearly. Um, I also think they're capable of beating San Francisco. I just think, like you said, this is a really tough draw for them. And the Saints are my favorite. I'll say it right now. They are my favorite to get to the Super Bowl in the NFC side. So I just think they're running into a juggernaut. It's the wrong timing. Uh, it's also... The wrong place. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I just think this is not This is not an indictment on Kirk's shortcomings. I think it's more just the fact that the Saints are a really dang good team and my favorite on the NFC side. They have this as the highest over-under, so it's expected to be probably a little bit of a high-scoring game. Um, and I can see that. I like maybe 31-24 Saints in this one. Yeah, so just barely underneath that yeah, 7 Yeah, right, right around the 7, yeah. There are some sports books that have it at 8, by the way. So they're expecting more than one score of a win. Uh, I think it will be a one-score game. I'll go... I'm going to go 35-31. I think what's going to happen, you're, this is, this is I'm seeing it right now. The Vikings have a chance to come down and win the game, and there's going to be a turnover on downs around midfield. Your nightmare scenario <laughs> as a Kirk Cousins supporter. <laughs> and it's, it's going to be sad because you're going to see Kirk. He's going to look sad, and you're going to see all these Twitter people, LMAO, Kirk Cousins again. He can't do it. Uh, but... 
the Saints are they're they're due to beat this team too, and they're due for some good things to happen to them after what happened to them the last two years in the playoffs. That's fair. I I think the Saints are up maybe two scores. Uh, Minnesota scores, you know, with five minutes or something to go, and then doesn't get an opportunity. Whether they try the onside or whatever, uh, I think the Saints hold on by. Let's stick with my thirty-one twenty-four. All right, and so now we get the last game. For all of you that enjoyed this very high-scoring matchup between two of the best <laughs> rosters in the NFC, we've got a special bonus treat for you. How would you like the 9-7 and seven Philadelphia Eagles hosting a game against the Seahawks, who came in as a wild-card team? And I know a lot of people are really high on the Seahawks this year. I'm not one of those people, but I just don't think this is going to be a super exciting it's going to be a close game. I think it will be a good game. Probably the game that out of these four, I wouldn't say I'm most interested in. This is really one of those of the four games that I have no idea who's going to win this game. <laughs> I, I think of, of the four, this is probably, well, I guess, you know, we talked about this a little bit with the bills and Houston, yeah. um, but according to the spread, this is the closest of the two team, the two ma- uh, the four matchups. It's a one and a half point, and Philly's actually favored at home in this game. <laughs> Which I is, actually, I don't think that's crazy to tell you the truth. I, no, I don't think it's crazy either. Um, I think, it, I mean, given the way both of these teams have looked, I think that kind of makes sense. Um, let's dive into it here. Yeah, the Eagles. They snuck their way in. This is not a very good football team from <laughs> like overall. I mean, they do have their spots where they're they're good and they've won four straight heading in, so they are coming in playing good football. But their last four wins, the four wins they had were Giants, Redskins, Cowboys, Giants. So four through three, sorry, bad NFC East football teams. Um I will say at Philly is a very strong home field advantage. Um, that is a place where Seahawks players are going to hear things that you would never want to hear. <laughs> on a field. Uh, I've been in that stadium multiple times. I was actually there. I was there for the game against the Cowboys. Um, and that was a fun, really, really fun game to be at, obviously. Oh, sick. Um, but it is a very tough environment. But... It's an environment that isn't scared to boo their teams either. So if you see if you see Seattle get up ten nothing or fourteen nothing early, and Wentz has a three and out or something, don't be surprised if the fans turn on this roster in performance. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. But okay, let's let's dive in more here. This it's a very strong home field advantage. So I'm I'm a little surprised, Jack. Like I'm not too surprised, but I am a little surprised that Philly's favorite in this game. I thought maybe it'd be like a point or something, a point and a half towards the Philly way. I do think Seattle's the better team. And I you do mean think the Seattle, Seattle way? Or yeah, well, yes, yes, yeah. I thought Philly would be minus one point or minus a point and a half. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, because right now Philly's plus one and a half. So I thought that oh, would be. Okay. A, I thought it would be a swing the other way. Um, but I, 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 you look at this, and I think where Vegas is looking at this, and where I'm kind of looking at it too, is Seattle has the better quarterback, and the co. I think this is. What do you think, Jack? I think this could be the best coaching matchup Ooh. of this first round. I like, I like it. that. I think it's the best coaching matchup of this first round. Okay. So Would I you wanna, agree? I, mm, I think the other one I look at is the... Uh, ooh, well, Zimmer and Peyton is a pretty dang good matchup, yeah. too. 
but I think my favorite would be the Bill versus Rabel. Okay, gotcha. I think if you're talking, if we're ranking these coaches, which we won't take the time to do right now, but I would rank both Pete Carroll and Doug Peterson very high on that yeah. list in this, play, in this playoff. Yeah. So I think it's a very, very high um, caliber coaching matchup that we get here. Uh, I give Russell Wilson the advantage over Wentz in this matchup. Uh, one key thing, though, and I think injuries are going to play a big role in this game because both teams are missing key guys in positions that they love to use frequently. Philly, Zach Ertz is not trending in the right direction to play in this game. That is a massive, massive loss. Even though they have a great backup tight end in Dallas Goddard and he's filled in nicely, their ability to use both those guys in the field at the same time would have been something that probably would have been used frequently in a playoff matchup like this. So if Ertz is not able to go, that's a huge loss. And on the Seattle side of things, Jack, this is a team, I know we talk about you know how good Russ is and how he can extend plays. They've always loved to run the football. And they're missing their top two backs in this game. In Chris Carson, who's out for the year, and Rashad Penny, who's out for the year, who was a very promising backup back, very frustrating backup back for anybody fantasy owners who own Chris Carson this year. Steal a couple TDs. <laughs> and I could not tell you who the starting running back is now. Uh, you should know him very, very well. He was signed a week ago, and he oh, played yeah, last. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Marshawn, Mr. Lynch. Skittles himself, Marshawn Lynch. Um, but that's the type of thing. Like, look, I. Chris Carson's a great back. Rashad Penny was having a nice little backup a year as a backup. I don't think they're going to be able to get the same out of beast mode as they are those two guys. Um, now, <laughs> imagine beast mode breaks a couple and all of a sudden I'm looking like <laughs> an idiot here. Um, but I do think that both of the, like both teams, those are big weapons that you're missing um, on both sides of the ball with Ertz and then the two running backs for Seattle. I think that plays a key role and maybe – this is the second highest over under. I wouldn't be surprised kind of if this was more of a low scoring affair. Yeah, I don't think this is going to be the high scoring game like the one that we're getting before it with Minnesota and New Orleans. I want to talk about Seattle. Okay. I do not trust them at all. At all. I do not. Did their playoff game last year where me and you both picked them over Dallas in Dallas ruin that for you? Yeah, that's part of it. I mean, it feels like <laughs> fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame, shame on, on me. me. Okay, fair. Why? What? What is it about this team you don't trust? Okay, so last year we were so confident on in Russell Wilson is going to have this amazing game in Dallas on the road, and he played well, but Dak pl- outplayed him. Dak had a great game at home, and I just... I don't trust this team. Here's the thing with the Seahawks, especially this year. They had 11 wins this year. How many games do you think they won by one possession? They were probably one of them that won a lot of one possession games. I bet Russ is, and that's another note, Russ to me would be very high on the clutch rating in terms of a quarterback. Interesting. Um, So I would think think they won a lot of one-score games, did they? They won 10. 10 of their 11 (laughs) wins. That's a lot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and Russell, here's the thing. He's so amazing to watch. He has these games where he just does stuff in the fourth quarter where he's a different player in the fourth quarter. I think he is up there for clutch. Then he had a couple other games like the San Francisco game where they somehow won. They threw an interception in overtime. And I think their defense is a little underrated. I think this. I think there is some talent there. I think their receivers are good. But it's just they're cutting it too close. I think they've skated by, and I think sometimes when you win close games, that does make you a better team. 
But, I mean, I'll look at some of these games. Week 1, 21-20 over the Bengals. 28-26 over the Steelers against Mason Rudolph in Week 2. Let's see. 32-28 over the Browns. I think they play down to their competition. So do you think they do that in a road playoff game, though? Well, they did last year. Fair. <laughs> Although Dallas was a Dallas was a pretty good team a year ago. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. I, I I don't agree with you on the defensive side of things on Seattle. I don't think it's a very good defense anymore. Um, okay. I think you look at them from the standpoint of what they used to be, obviously with Legion of Boom, um, and I think it's been more of a Russ Carey job um, for this team. I mean, there were twenty second in points given up this year in terms of teams. I, I really don't I'm going to be honest with you. I don't love a whole lot about this Seattle team apart from Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll coaching. And I'm not a Pete Carroll fan by any means. Actually, I don't <laughs> like him one bit, but I will admit he's a very good football coach. So I do think that like those are the only you look at Seattle. What pieces do you like? So you like their defense. OK, I like Clowney. I think okay. Clowney yes. made some huge plays for them that really kept them in a lot of games. Okay. Uh, he yeah, was that, a huge game changer for them. Uh, yeah, Clowney is a definitely definitely a fair piece. I like I like DK Metcalf and I like Tyler Lockett a lot. I think okay. Tyler Lockett is one of the most underrated players in the NFL. He always gets open. He always catches anything that's thrown to him, and he's got breakaway speed. Yeah, Lockett's a good Lockett is a good receiver to me though. Like a, he's not a great number one receiver, and that's what he has to be on this team. That's the only thing, in my opinion, that that where I would kind of. Be like, eh, you know, Lockett's the one. He's going to see the one corner. Granted, Philly's corners aren't great, but <laughs> that's the type of thing I look at with Lockett. I do think Metcalf, though, he had a great rookie season. He's a very solid number two receiver. So that I, that's fair. Here's the last thing I will say about Russell. I think it's like this guy has the highest of highs out of quarterbacks. I mean, maybe Mahomes is up there, but like when he's on, he is unbelievable. He's much must-watch TV, even when he's not playing at his very best. He's one of the most exciting players to watch in the league. He's an awesome guy. He throws the best deep balls out of anyone, probably. You you see those deep balls, and they're just so beautiful. They're just like, oh my gosh, that was a perfect throw over two corners where only his guy could catch it. Yeah, and one yeah. yeah one and along with that too, I do think this team has the ability to play from behind because of the way Russell yes. Wilson can play, and that is that to me makes them a little bit dangerous. So even if Philly gets up in this game, there is no chance in heck that I think Seattle is one bit out of it at any point. Yeah, but then the other thing, I just get so confused with this guy because sometimes he takes these bad sacks, and now maybe that's because of the offensive line. He tries to do a little too much with them when he scrambles. He takes some really bad sacks where they'll move back 20 yards. Um, But really the big thing is just like if you're looking at a season, the first eight to 10 weeks, he was in pole position for MVP. Yeah, he was one of the hot picks. Yeah. And then we saw maybe five or six games straight where he was he was good, but he wasn't great. And he and Lamar just stayed amazing. Um, He they lost and only put up 13 points against the Cardinals team that had Brett Helmley at the helm uh, two weeks ago. (laughs) I just never know what to make of this team. And it seems like this is why I can't put Russ in the legends category. Um, And maybe he will get there someday. But sometimes I just get when I'm like, I'm, I'm counting on Russ 
I get a little let down sometimes. Yeah, and another thing to note, too, heading into this uh, this postseason, Seattle's lost three of four, yeah. including their last two. And that was a monster game last week, by the way, against the Niners, because the Niners ended up getting the one seed because of it. Yeah. If they didn't win that game, they were all the way to the five seed. Um, so there was a lot on the line. Seattle would have had a home playoff game had they won last week. Um, but that, yeah, that, I think it's fair to note, uh, like I noted on the other side of things, Philly's won four in a row. Seattle's coming in losing three of four. So these are two teams that have kind of been trending in opposite directions. Yeah. And that was the last point that I was right about to bring up. So when I just look at this stuff, I look at a team with momentum. I look at a team at home and playing a team that has wavered here a little down the stretch and we don't really know what to make of hasn't really blown anyone out in a in a big game not to say that you have to blow teams out but I'd like to just see a couple of win by two scores against one of these bad teams and I just I can't count on Seattle I can't I can't do it two years in a row last year I thought they were I thought they're going to NFC title game I don't want to be burned two years in a row, Jordan. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> I am taking the chance that I potentially will be burned two years in a row here. <laughs> um, I think, look, I just don't think Philly's offense is one bit dynamic. Even though I don't love the Seattle defense, I just don't think Philly has very many guys either that kind of scare you. Um, so I think I do think this is going to be more of a low-scoring game, even though neither of these defenses are very elite. I think both are bottom half in terms of points given up a game. I think Russ makes one more play than Wentz does in this ball game. Um, I think it's going to be low scoring, maybe like 20 to 17, something along those lines. Um, that sounds right. Yeah. I, this is a tough one though, because I really, it wouldn't surprise me if the Eagles rode the home field, rode the hot hand here and came out and kind of, won a football game, but I'm going to stick with my Seattle pick 2017. I, I can't think about it too much more. I'll have to flip flop. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if this was Foles on the Eagles, would you no, pick the Eagles? N- N- Jack, we're not going there. <laughs> <laughs> this is Wentz's first playoff game, correct? Yeah, it is. Two, I think, I think so that, that could also play a role here. There's a serious, serious, uh, differential in terms of experience at the UB position. Yeah. That's why Wentz is a mystery. He is in that last tier. And I guess really what I was saying, I don't really know if they're tiers of quarterbacks, more just categories, I should say. Yeah, that's fair. Tiers like, almost makes it sound like we're ranking. Yeah, and we're not. Just, yeah, just putting them in, you know, given experience, given talent. Yeah, and like, I think you could even put Lamar Jackson in that middle ground category too because he has played in the playoffs, didn't play well, but he was... He's going to win the MVP this year. So what yeah, do you make of him? True. Very true. I would probably have him in that last group still. Yeah. Until we see something at a playoff level. Yeah, I, I think I would agree. But I think there's a case to be made for a lot of these guys. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I think a lot of those cases could be made in this postseason. Well, I mean, we might figure some things out. Yeah, so it's interesting because it's went his first playoff game. And Doug Peterson, though, look, the Eagles have done this now the last two years where they finished the season with momentum. They get into the playoffs. They barely do, but they won their games down the stretch. And it's like they start playing playoff football in November. I think that this, this is a close, it's at least a close statistic. Jack, I don't have the exact number in front of me, but I think the last three seasons, Doug Peterson's football teams in December, are 10 and two. 
That's so they unbelievable. Play really, really good football down the stretch. To be honest, Jack, when it matters. <laughs> yeah. And so that's what I want to go with. Even though I love Pete Carroll, even though I really like Russell Wilson, I, I love watching Russell Wilson and I want to see him like I want to see what he does at his highest of highs all the time. Like I want to see Russell Wilson go in and win that MVP and not have the season where he's phenomenal for 10 games and then five or six games where he just kind of averages himself out to a pro bowler. Very fair. That would set up if, if Philly wins this game, that would set up them most likely given the saints win at San Francisco next week. Would that be a double digit point spread? Saints and sorry, no, 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 Philly in San Francisco next week. Would that be a double digit point? <laughs> I think that'd be about nine. Yeah, you say? it would have to be pretty big, I would think. Yeah, but it, it, depending on how Philly wins this True. week. True. Yeah, maybe they win in dominating fashion. It's, okay, yeah, that's fair. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll yep. get there. But I, I, I'm just going to go with what I've seen out of Philly over the last two years, even though it's a different quarterback and you could say Philly the last three years. It's just, it's really hard for me to compare what they did two years ago because they had a dominant regular season and didn't just peak down the stretch. That's what they, but last year they sort of whimpered in and then they, they played great football down the stretch and got in. Okay. Fair enough. Let's do one fun thing, Jack. Now that we finished the four games, Let's oh, I do... didn't give a, I didn't give Oh a... yeah, you haven't given officially given it. Let's hear it. Okay. So I'll go, you know what? I'll go 2014 Philly. 20 to 14. So you have low scoring as well cuz the over under in this game is 46. That to me seems high. It does, especially because it's going to be colder in Philly. Yeah. I it's if tough environment. I think if Seattle's running backs were healthy, yeah. um, which is really by the way has been I I'm, I'm I've been a little tough on Russ. If his running backs have been healthy, this team, I mean, he would his numbers would have been better. The team probably would have played better down the stretch, especially because they love to dominate time of possession. Um, so I think it would be a high-scoring game if at least one of those running backs was healthy. Yeah, I, I think that would definitely help. And I, I think that would help Seattle's chances in this game a lot as well. I get the, the, the fun story with Beast Mode, but I'm not sold he brings what the other two would have brought in. Yeah, I like Beast Mode on the goal line, but I don't know if I want yeah. him on. You, <laughs> you want know, him as your possession back? I, yeah, or just an every down back. Yeah, fair. Very fair. So, all right. I, those are our picks for the week. And I guarantee people are already, they're listening to this. It's Monday or Tuesday now, and they're laughing in their cars thinking of how dumb Jack is <laughs> could very easily be their way too. Cause I think we had this, we picked the same three teams and then differed on the last game. Well, Let's I, do one I went fun with, thing. uh, well, I did go Texans. You okay. had the bills. Oh, okay. You went, okay. So we did, so we swapped on two. Yeah. So we're going to have some bragging rights to discuss on Monday. Yeah. It sounds like <laughs> fair enough. And it's funny. Yeah, do... These are the two games that neither of us have a whole lot of confidence. <laughs> well, yeah, well that would be three and <laughs> four. Be... That would be exactly why we differ here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What you got for me here, Jordan? I, I want to hear this. All right. Let's do one fun thing here. Pick one higher seed and one lower seed you think could win, most likely to win in a blowout. Most likely to win, win in, in a, a blowout. blowout. Okay. I'm going to go Chiefs. No, no, no. First round. First oh, round. Okay. Okay. Um, my pick for low seed would have been the Saints. I think the Saints... Oh, you're counting the Saints as a low seed. 
Yeah, any three or four. Any three or four. Oh. So any favorite. Yeah, any three or four. Okay. Seed. You know, and I then, thought low seed was five or okay. six. Oh, got you, got you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, that's a little. <laughs> okay, but one a uh, one three or four seed you think was going to win in a blowout, and then one five or six seed. Well, give me your five best. or six. Okay, my so if I'm picking one team, one five or six seed that's going to win in a blowout that by I think has the most the highest chance, and one three or four. I think the Saints to me are the three or four, and they're kind of the obvious pick I think for this. Um, given yeah. in the Superdome, I think they have the ability to run up the score. Uh, Kirk struggles early maybe and you know it gets to him mentally um, Saints are my three pick three or four pick that I would okay. go and then uh, this is going to be a shocking one Jack but I think that uh, I think the Titans oh my I goodness think, I think the Titans because of how hot they are coming in <sighs> I don't think New England's a team that can play from behind I I really like the way their team's built to play with a lead. They play so well with a lead with Henry. Um, that opens up so many things in the past game. Like, I, I can't see Buffalo blowing out Houston. I think seattle Philly's going to be close. And I just picked New Orleans as the most likely to potentially blow out Minnesota. Jack, I think I think the Titans are my pick. And I think what, <sighs> it's, a, it's a shocking one. And that's why I think what made this one kind of fun, this question kind of fun, um, is that I think coming in hot, New England's been struggling. I don't love New England's offense. Maybe the Titans come in and roll. Now I didn't pick them. They didn't pick them to win the game, but they would be <laughs> my most like potentially blow out. <laughs> as my as my five or six, could I count Philly in that category? Because they're an underdog. Oh, you're making me bend the rules for you, Jack. Because <laughs> really. <laughs> I'm going to say I don't see any of these five or six blowing anyone out. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's what makes it fun. Okay. So, no, no, I'm not going to allow you to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so I have that's to do this. Yes, you have to pick have a five to. or six seed that you think it, I mean, if any of oh these five or six teams, one of them that's most likely to potentially blow somebody out. All right, well, then I guess I'll go Bills because okay. Okay. my logic with Houston was basically that game could go any way possible i don't know what's going to happen <laughs> okay i really don't okay because i just i don't see the vikings blowing out the saints i don't see the seahawks blowing out the eagles and i really do not see this titans projection that you are foreseeing i'm not necessarily foreseeing it i just wanted to have <laughs> some fun <laughs> <laughs> It'd be fun to see the Patriots get blown out at Foxborough. Because <laughs> I was going to go the other way. I was going to say potentially the Patriots could, could blow them out. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think I think that would be a potential one too. Yeah, and then um, obviously the Saints. Just because the thing, that, the reason why the Saints make so much sense as a pick is because they're the out of you. Give me all eight teams. Which team's going to put up the most points this week? I go Saints. Yes, I would agree with that. Yeah, would agree but with that. I, I think it makes sense. To be clear, I do think that's going to be a close game. I think all these games, for the most part, are going to be one possession. If yeah, I, had I mean, to, we, we picked our scores. Yeah, <laughs> I just, I just don't want you know the listeners to be lighting me up on Twitter and saying like, <laughs> you "Wow, said they were going to blow them out." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, listeners, please go by the scores we initially we initially selected. This was just a little fun thing <laughs> that if one of these games is going to end up in a blowout. Who are you going to pick? All right. You got anything else for me today? Any other fun stuff? Uh, no, I, I think that's it. I cannot wait, Jack, until these games. I can't wait till Saturday. Yeah, I'm me neither. Si- I've been sitting here all week just waiting to what, do absolutely nothing on Saturday and Sunday, 
except just want to sit on my couch and watch these games. <laughs> I know you're not a huge college football guy, but did you enjoy a college football playoff? The playoff, I enjoy watching Joe Burrow play the quarterback position. <laughs> um, I, I thought, obviously, it would probably would have been better for college football if it was a more competitive game. But I enjoyed watching him play. And the other game, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it. I, I'm not a huge college football guy. I like watching potential NFL prospects in college games. Um, so, yeah, I, and with those two games, I think you saw a lot of top talent, uh, yeah. obviously. So I think, yeah, from that standpoint, I did enjoy it. How about you? Oh, I had a really fun time. I mean, it seems every single year we get one blowout, at least, and some years two blowouts. I think we were going to – I was fairly confident that's what we're going to get in that LSU-Oklahoma game. Now, that second game, Mm -hmm. what a great game. That was an awesome, really fun Clemson-Ohio State. And really, it was tough to see one of those two teams lose because it was such a weird year. It was like there were three great to really good teams, and then the fourth team just kind of got in there at the last second because a lot of teams lost in that fourth spot. Um, But... That was a that was a really really fun game. I really enjoyed it. This uh yeah, I think this year kind of silenced the critics or the people that have been pushing for the eight team tournament in a Whoa. way, shape, or form. I to me it did. I don't know about you. <laughs> I what do we really want to see LSU play an eight seed and then play Oklahoma? <laughs> well, I, okay. So I still want to see the I, expansion. I, I get the expansion. How how does that work? Do you cut one regular season game? Is that, that how yeah, you... and get rid of the week where Alabama is going to play the okay, Citadel. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, that, which yeah, yeah not a conference game. Wait, I'm fine with it, um, but I, this is not a good year, I don't think. No, it doesn't help the argument. No, it yeah, that was, my, that was my point, is I don't think it really helped the case to, yeah. <laughs> to advance it. And Jake Poliga and I talked about this a few weeks ago, that it just it really was convenient. There wasn't a whole lot of debate over who these four teams should be. It worked out really well. So that's why I think ended up this could be the strongest four-team playoff that we get. That we've had despite, so far? Yeah, d- despite the blowout. And, I mean, even if we go in the... Let's say we go in the eight in the future, which I think could very well happen. because I, I, think, I think it's only a matter of time. Yeah. NCAA is going to look... There's more money to be made. Yep. There's a way we can make this work, and it's going to be fun. And so I think it will happen eventually. So in the grand scheme of things, this could end up being, depending on how what we get in this national championship, it could go down as the best well-rounded four-team playoff ever, despite the one this lopsided blowout. Yeah, I thought that second game was fantastic, and I really like how it ends up being the number one pick most likely in Burrow this year against the most likely number one pick Lawrence next year. So I think that's, exactly. that's definitely a great storyline. Yeah, and it's the Tiger Bowl. You got Clemson and LSU, both Tigers. Oh, good call. Didn't even think, didn't even think <laughs> of that. So I'll be bringing some coverage of that in a couple weeks. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think we've had this bye week in the middle before. I think it have we not. It feels like there's always these weeks in between these games. I feel like we were waiting like eight weeks between <laughs> when the season ended for that first round matchup. I think they've probably done it in the past, but for some reason, I just feel like things are just really weird because the game happened. It was like the 29th of December when normally it's in 
January and the NFL season ended before January. So I think I'm just really thrown off by all that. Okay, potentially. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's always the... Doesn't it always seem like we wait for these games forever? <laughs> It, it, kind of yeah it to, that's to that that is the one well, it was even worse when there was no playoff and then we waited oh, a whole true, month true. yeah that's well and now they're they're like squeezing all these bowl games kind of in between these games which i think is fine it, it fills the void for college football fans um but i mean think about it i think iu plays tennessee tonight it's thursday yeah. when we're recording this that's correct and when's the last time iu touched a football field it was like three or four weeks ago <laughs> so it's like it was, do they really need to wait three or four weeks to play their bowl game it's yeah. just it's just interesting i i don't hate it though i like that <laughs> they fill the void in between the big ones okay here's a fun question and I, since it's fun asking a non not a huge college football guy this do you have a favorite bowl game that isn't the playoff because i do uh no Okay. I do not. <laughs> I don't. I I watch for the again. I watch for the players, not necessarily the specific you know bowls or specific teams. Crusaders unfortunately aren't playing in a bowl game this season. So <laughs> <laughs> mine is definitely the Rose Bowl because yeah, it has the most. I was going to say. I think that's the common pick, isn't it? Yeah, it would be the Rose Parade, and which is always really fun. And then there's the Rose Bowl. And there's the most tradition behind it because you know it's always going to be Pac-12 against the Big Ten. It worked out as well. It was a good, very good game, wasn't it? It was Oregon a great and game. Wisconsin, right? Yep. Oregon got the win. Yep. Yeah. No, in late fashion, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So it ended up. You even ended up getting a good game out of it, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jordan. My last question for you here. Mm-hmm. Your Super Bowl pick. You want to make it right now? Yeah, I feel like I I feel like I should just stick with what I had in preseason, Jack. Just yeah. be, just because Remind I me again. I mean, I feel very different about the Pats than I did probably heading into the season, and I would probably say KC would probably be my AFC favorite. Um, but I'm going to stick with the Saints out of the NFC. I, I'm just going to stick with Saints Pats just because that's what I went with the preseason. Let's see if we can Keep the uh, keep the streak here going. <laughs> after I just after I just said the Pats were the potential most likely to get blown out by a six. <laughs> <laughs> this is reminding me of last year though, where my Super Bowl pick didn't make the playoffs, and this year I picked the Rams over the Patriots. Last year I picked the Vikings over the Patriots, and I modified my pick in our wild card weekend preview show i picked the patriots over the rams i was correct let's see if i can have some strange bizarro streak here and get it going here so i'm gonna go i'm gonna go with casey who i had as my afc favorite coming into the year peaking at the right time they got all the momentum everyone's healthy i'm i'm excited about that team and then on the nfc side i'm going to you've converted me I'm on the Saints. I really I really like what the Saints are doing. And I think from an entertainment perspective, I think it would be the best with potentially the matchup that you have because whenever you get the Patriots, it's always the stage always feels bigger and you've got Brady's legacy on the line and which really shouldn't be on the line, but you got Brady and I think if you got Brady versus Rodgers or Brady versus Breeze, like those are probably the two best potential Super Bowl 
matchups in terms in terms of if you're looking at this lens as a journalist of what is the best what's going to be the most fun in terms of media stories going into that Super Bowl I think those would be the two best matchups yeah and I think maybe the the secondary one behind those would be KC and is it yeah. is it Mahomes' time officially um so yeah you have the Chiefs and Saints correct yeah I got I got okay. the Chiefs and the Saints and I'm, I'm gonna sure, go with the we, Chiefs we are, we're agreeing a lot here yeah <laughs> because I think I think the Chiefs to me would be my favorite to come out of the AFC, but I'm going to stick with my pick of the Pats just because of my preseason pick. <laughs> so you got a little double. Well, I'm, no, you got I'm, two I'm, teams. You're right. Pats are my team out of the AFC. <laughs> <laughs> I, I need full credit for that. I'm not splitting it up into two <laughs> if it ends up happening. Well, it'll be very fun to watch. So Jordan, we are done for this week. This is a lot of fun. We're going to have to do something next week on monday i'll see you on monday sounds good jack thanks for having me all right and lastly is there anything you would like to plug social media handles anything of that nature uh just my twitter at real j morandini i'll probably do some nfl playoff picks type talk there so just my twitter today jack thanks great all right see you next week see you then so that does it for my conversation with jordan morandini on the first weekend of nfl playoff action wildcard weekend baby a lot of fun talking with him and getting everyone set for the 2020 nfl playoffs if you like what you heard on this podcast today subscribe to the jack vita show on itunes spotify or wherever it is that you get your podcast and you will never miss an episode you will get the episodes right away as they are uploaded to the app store before anyone else does if you are a subscriber you will not want to miss out on any episodes. Please leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes if you have not done so already. does a lot of great for the podcast. As I mentioned at the top of the show, I've got stickers that are available to you, the listeners. Send me a direct message on Twitter or Instagram if you would like to get a sticker. You can follow me on Twitter or Instagram at Show. Very simple, at Jack Vita Show. Always post lots of thoughts on the sports and TV shows that I'm watching on there. Well, that does it for this week's edition of the Jack Vita Show. Come back on Monday to hear us recap Wildcard Weekend and get you set for the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. Until next time, I'm Jack Vita. Bring in the dancing lobsters.